I'm your inner dream monologue and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Well, hey, this is Bob Bergen. And we believe that Porky Pig. And you're listening to the Canned Air Pod. You're listening to the Canned Air Pod. You're listening to the... Well, you know what you're listening to, folks, don't you? everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And returning to the show this week, a good friend of the show, you've definitely heard him on the show before, um, from Halftone Productions. Uh, he's here to talk about a Kickstarter, which by the time you're hearing this is already live for The Lady of the Swamp. We welcome back comic creator Kiran Jack. Kiran, man, thanks for being here. Guys, thank you so much for having me back. Excited, man. We always have a great time with you, and I'm sure this is going to be a great time as well. Lots to do today in our uh, retro roundtable. I'm excited about this. We're talking about the most uninhabitable places uh, in fiction. Did I get that right, Randy? Was that the idea? Yeah. Inhospitable. Yeah. Inhospitable. Inhospitable. Not in, uninhabitable, because somewhere you don't then you wouldn't be. even be there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> somewhere that's hard to hard to be there. Yeah. Usually, there's one grizzled old fuck that's like, ah, back in my day. Yeah. Wouldn't go down that road. <laughs> well, that's that's the, those are the kind of picks I have, so we should be good. And then uh, we're going to be turning our attention over to Kiran to talk about uh, The Lady of the Swamp, which I cannot wait to talk about. Because the tagline, it says, an Australian supernatural horror story based off true events. <laughs> those four words right there, man, you've already got my intrigue. So I'm excited to hear about it. But before we do anything, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandarePod, on Instagram at Canned underscore Air, and on TikTok at CandarePodcast and CandarePodcast.com. Lots of different ways you can support us. A merch tab, get you shirts, hoodies, hats, <laughs> cups, stickers, all that stuff with our logos on it, and a link to our Patreon, which uh, $5 a month gets you access to a four-year-plus growing catalog. What's going on uh, there now is the footage that Jack and Randy took of their ghost hunt at the Delaware County uh, Historical Jail. That's what I was just working on right before I got on this call. So once we hang up, <laughs> it's going online. So there's some incentive Sweet. for you guys to check out because that was fun. Uh, what else am I forgetting, Randy? First off, uh, no matter how you're listening to us, you know, if you take a few minutes and give us a, a like and a rating, that is so, so helpful. It uh, just helps kind of get us out there. Um, also, big shout out to Evergreen Podcast, the network we are so proud to be a part of. And if you're local or relatively local, come check us out in two weeks at the Tour Gaming Expo at the Columbus Fairgrounds. Uh, it's Saturday and Sunday going to be a blast all sorts of family fun there meet the original voices of uh, your favorite nintendo mario characters uh, mm -hmm. see us get games get toys get get yourself a good time there it is there it is and we're going to be selling all kinds of cool stuff uh you know in the last few years we've just kind of found some random stuff we didn't want anymore and we're selling but this year we actually prepared this year we went out and got a bunch of cool merchandise to sell and uh you know one thing that always happens when we do these cons we always bring a little uh like emptied out can of peas that we wrapped our logo around you know a little prop can that just sits on the table and we always have somebody wanting to buy it we've been hearing you people and now we have uh cans we made that uh, are going to be full of Candare trinkets, like a Candare uh, challenge coin. Those are really cool. A Candare pin. Just got a whole new shipment of those in and a few other things. So uh, stop by the table. Check it out. Get one. We got coins? These these bad boys right here. Did you not see these? I know the people at home oh. can't hear, but. <laughs> no, I haven't seen those. There's that. And then on the back, the tower. 
But oh, those are the ones that Josh made, huh? Yeah, That's on the right. laser cutter. So right. they look cool. That. They look pretty cool. Um, the paint on a lot of them didn't come out, but enough of them came out to where we can sell them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's it's a very limited thing because I don't think these things are going to get made again. So come get your Candare coin while you can. And uh, is that is that it then? Anything else? I think so. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And away we go! Shut up! Shut up! All right, the Shut most up. uninhabitable places, or how'd you say it? The most... Inhospitable. Yeah. Inhospitable, yes. Excuse me. Fucking excuse me. It, uh, places in fiction. Uh, who wants to kick us off? Jack, why don't you? I'll do one that's super popular and as inhospitable as you would think it would be. Seem to revisit it quite a few times, quite often, too. And that would be the planet of Tatooine. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you. I knew it. I knew it. I was so glad I got to go first. <laughs> I knew someone was going to have it. Why not? Oh, <laughs> sand. It's coarse and it gets everywhere. It's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not to mention the the daily sandstorms that keep you locked up, and it seems like I'm sorry, Jack. I, you go ahead, then I'll say I'll say my thing. Well, I mean, it seems like their only real job is to be a, a moisture <laughs> farmer, and yep. I mean, there's no water in you. The only time you hear the word "sea" is when you look out and do a big bunch of nothing. But a sand. dune sea. Yeah, I mean, how much water can there really be on that planet that you can farm it everywhere and keep as many people as you see? living there and coming back well you know one thing that the obi-wan series shown us and maybe this was uh, told before but i don't remember you know we see what obi-wan has been doing in his solitude how he's been surviving he's working with this crew that is harvesting the meat out of like this old prehistoric stingray that has mm -hmm. been uncovered so it used to be a water planet right or at least have a fair amount of water to harbor something that big well, a lot of people are speculating that it was uh, one of those space whales from uh, like Ahsoka that might have landed mm. on the planet. But I, it definitely wasn't because it didn't look like no. anything the same. But I don't know if it was some kind of space animal that landed. I can't see it being remnant like a fossil animal. Well, I wouldn't think so either. You know, it's one thing if the, it was like a ice planet and had been preserved in ice. Right, okay, then right. I can see harvesting the meat. But like this hot, barren planet, like how I don't care how deep it's buried. How, how is this thing? How's the meat staying good? Unless the immune systems, you know, people on Tatooine have immune systems or stomachs like raccoons, you know, where they can just eat anything because that's all they have. The planet's that's keeping the meat at a nice 160 degree edible state. Where it's <laughs> it comes just, out already. It's cooked. kind of in under a heat lamp all the time. So it's... Castle, Castlevania rules. <laughs> I don't know about all that. But seriously, if you're not harvesting meat off a, a prehistoric sea creature or, you know, digging through the sand for moisture, you're a criminal, right? What else yeah, is there? Pretty much. Shifting spice around or hanging out at the canteen yeah. and getting drunk with a bunch of weirdos. Placing bets, yeah. Or Did, you're working for a hut, getting into the gangsta, gangsta uh, life. Again, criminal life. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could always be a professional pod racer, but, you know, maybe that just died out after the uh, first movie. Not if you're a human. <laughs> only, it's, it's been only done animal. before. You yeah. have to be chosen. Yeah, the chosen boring. one did it, but not, yeah. yeah. An average human might have a little bit of trouble. Not just a rando. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Corinne. You act like you were going to say something. Did we cut you off? No, no, not at all. No. Um, I was just thinking, like, there was the crate dragon. I think it could have been the crate dragon. There were crate well. dragons, but yeah. I, I yeah. need to go back and look because I'm pretty sure they had said something about this thing being like a old, like a prehistoric sea creature from when the, there was water on the planet, and it looked like a stingray on its side. I'll go back yeah, and look, yeah. but it really mm. looked like a sea creature. That you know, maybe good though. What? Like nice big bricks of tuna. Ahi tuna he was cutting and just leaving it. Yeah, but that shit doesn't age like wine, man. Yeah. It had to, I, I imagine like it salmonella. <laughs> <laughs> Get that mad stingray disease or something. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about uh, Kiran? What about you, man? I'm going to go with uh, something a bit different. Well, not different, actually, because it's more standing as well. But uh, the, the landscape of Mad Max. 
Ooh, yeah. Oh. That was another. That was a pick of mine too. Yeah. Yeah. The the dirt, dirty uh, outback of well, technically it was Australia when they first started doing it, but it um it depicts the 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 wasteland of Australia and you know how enduring it can be compared to other places. But um fighting over fuel, fighting over food, um very barren and wasteland again. But probably not somewhere you want to live. Fuck no, especially with well, Mad Men run. You know, <laughs> as unless t- you're into oil and the gearhead then you're straight and 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 arseless chaps as well <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> hell yeah spraying gold spray paint into your mouth or silver spray paint in your mouth you know for you got go ahead you got a little too excited with those assless chaps there jack <laughs> for a uh, group of people who is just you know struggling every day to survive they sure do come up with some pretty crazy things to ride around on wasn't wasn't there a truck where a guy was like sitting there playing guitar with like amps and shit behind him like what big geysers of fire shooting out back behind too yeah yeah and as hard as it is to find fuel you think they wouldn't be fucking driving around just to play their guitar and then shooting (laughs) not those gas hogs no (laughs) it doesn't make sense like don't drive unless it's really necessary i don't don't floor it yeah so so, i i I don't think i've seen the first one since i was a kid man like Mm. it's supposed to be like in the future after the collapse of society and everything right yeah i think it's borderline of like before it collapses like just before it collapses um and then it kind of goes in the second one that the world has actually fallen they do Do like a little parallel to it do they say how uh far ahead in the future it is or no I mean, as when those movies came out, it could be like Back mm. to the Future, like in the distant future of 2010. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I can't remember the, an actual date for it. Just, I, I guess they were very vague about it. It's, uh, yeah. it's the future. Yeah. It's probably better that way because, you know, whenever you watch Back to the Future now and they talk about 2015 or 14, whatever it was being the future, you, you know, it puts mm. a smile on your face, but it takes a little bit of the shine off of it, doesn't it? yeah being that yeah. nothing happened the yeah, they were gonna say it yeah. was where's our jaws 3d where's our <laughs> flying cars <laughs> well and then they always the newer movies are doing like the what is it the 20 like xxx yeah that's the way to do it though i think that's really the way you should be doing it that way it's always relevant mm-hmm. no matter when you watch it yeah just be vague just be vague about it yeah, yeah. It's the year 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? You heard. You heard. I said, I'm not yeah, going to say it again. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Randy, what about you? Uh, so for my first pick, uh, I'm going to throw out the uh, fire swamp from Princess Bride. That, oh, uh, that movie always freaked me out as a kid. You still haven't seen that, have you, Jer? Oh, I've seen Princess Bride. It just hasn't been since I was an uh, adolescent. Fair. But, you know, they, uh, Wesley and, uh, forget the princess's name, but anyway, are running through this, this wooded area and there's fire geysers and freaking quicksand and rodents of unusual size. And man, that, that freaking janky ass robot puppet suit or whatever always scared me as a kid. But, uh, yeah, I'll it's have a good to time. look that up because I do not remember what you're talking about. Robot like a, puppet suit. Or not robot, uh, just the human puppeteer or whatever that was in it. You the R O U S. Huh? You're talking R- about the Princess Bride. Yes. With the R O U S's. Yeah, it's rodents of unusual size. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think those were robots. I'm about no, they to start weren't. bleeding out of my nose. What the hell's happening? <laughs> like polishing uh, doorknobs. So that's all I have to say about that now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, no. if you're in that fire swamp, all you got to do is sit there and listen for the snaps and pops and then then get out of the way before that flame geyser comes up. You'll be all right. Yeah. I'm going to have to look it up because I have no recollection of this at all. All I remember <laughs> is Fred Savage sitting back in his bed, listening to his grandfather more than anything. Looking at his grandpa's eye. <laughs> yeah. Wearing his Chicago Bears jersey. Yeah. <laughs> hey, going back to Mad Max real quick. The original one was released in 79 and it opened up with the captions that said a few years from now and then later on you see uh, a road sign that says december 1984 so they're figuring it's probably in the mid 80s hmm. great googling jack well that would be um 
I guess, more accurate to what we were seeing. I mean, all that stuff they had, they didn't have anything that you wouldn't have found in the 80s, right? I mean, it was just... Mm. That's Yeah, that's true. All the vehicles and stuff. I mean, there was nothing really futuristic other than, I don't know, a big engine sticking out of a car or something like that, but it's not really that futuristic. (laughs) The apocalypse, you know, seemed to spare a lot of very talented mechanics. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever the hell happened. Did they say what happened? That I don't remember either. No, I didn't get that far into the article. I think it was just a gas shortage. I think yeah. it was playing off the the back of like the seventies and the gas shortage, and that was the, the basis of what it was. It was a gas shortage, and it was the collapse of civilization. <laughs> so there's not enough gas. So let's just give up modern clothing to start wearing <laughs> loincloths and paint our faces and spray paint each other. Boy, that or just leather clothes out in the middle of the sun too in the hot yeah. desert. Yeah, yeah. No. you don't need water. People in Tatooine make it work. Yeah. <laughs> they also dress for the place too though a little <laughs> true all right um <clears throat> my pick is going to have to be you know there's uh tons of terminator movies that are always talking about the future that's coming that they're trying to prevent from happening but then you find out in t3 that like okay there's no preventing it from happening it's just preventing you know when it happens or how it happens or that john connor survives for this event that's inevitable but again, you never really see it until Terminator Salvation came out, which I think got probably the most criticism. Well, maybe not nowadays, but back in the day when it was fairly new, I don't think a lot of people liked it. And understandably why, you know, the Terminator movies. the one with Pops? The Terminator Pops? No, that was Genesis. Okay. This one. This is the one. Christian Bale, right? Yeah. This one was already in okay. the future after it had already happened. And, you know, all those other movies, I've said this before, you know, they have the relentless, unstoppable killer. You know, it's like a Jason Voorhees movie, a sci-fi Jason Voorhees movie. This wasn't that, you know. It showed how humanity was living and surviving like moles underground. And just poking your head up out from the ground was a very dangerous thing. Because, you know, all it took was one of these things to spot you and immediately everyone else knew. That radio signal went out and here they all came to get you like harvesting them, like picking them up and dropping them in baskets and taking them back yeah. to their headquarters. Oh my mm. God, it was horrifying. And yet here we are, humanity being like, you know what? We need AI. We need AI <laughs> to do everything <laughs> for us. For us. <laughs> I feel like those people haven't really understood the idea of those movies and when they've gone and started making AI. It's like, you really need to go back and watch some uh, sci-fi movies to understand what these AI technologies can do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what they might lead to. Looks like today I saw a video that was talking about AI being able to use Wi-Fi signals to be able to read the signals and see in human figures in the the way that the the signals are bouncing around. Like sonar or like echolocation or something? Pretty much exactly like that, yeah. I'm like, go ahead, people, keep feeding those AI stuff. They make neat pictures. I mean, it's going to be all your fault. Yeah, pretty much. You went ahead and didn't, and you did it, and you didn't bother to ask why you shouldn't do it. It's kind of like the motto of humanity. We'll worry about it when it's too late. Yeah. 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 yeah see, our problem is going to be, though, it's not going to be some scary ass Arnold Schwarzenegger style robot. It's going to be a fucking Alexa that walks. Mm. <laughs> Makes me think of the movie um, with Will Smith, I, Robot. Oh, that was yeah. a good movie. It was a good movie. Uh, remember that one part? He smacked the shit out of that one robot and told him to keep his wife's name out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Or it'll be like, uh, I think it was Transformers 2, like when the, the Spark, or maybe it was the first one, the Spark kept touching a bunch of stuff, like an Xbox 360, and all of a sudden no. it transformed, and oh, then the yeah. machine yeah. just transformed out of nowhere. It's scary to think about, but I mean, we're definitely paving the way for that, aren't we? I mean, we're yeah, making I robots mean, for the military that can run around with guns and shoot, can you know easily run over rough terrain, navigate stairs, and then we're giving it the brain too oh my god it's fucking nuts to think about that's uh, yeah, okay they got a power button you can just boop them on the nose oh, right yeah. the power button and then mm. shit i just saw driving around the other day three or four of those like roombas that mow your grass now like the <laughs> that's just that's crazy <laughs> was the maximum overdrive that's just waiting to happen there yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Look at Ultron, man. I mean, that's a perfect example, too. 
yeah. brought here to help out humanity, and it says, well, shit, humanity is the worst thing happening to this planet. <laughs> like, <laughs> why would I help you? That's why we. That's how we make things better, by eradicating you. Yeah. And it's it's really true. What a statement on this earth. Thank you, Marvel. Thank you. Uh, who, who did the Terminator <laughs> movies? Was that... That wasn't Cameron, was Cameron? it? Cameron? Yeah, yeah, James Cameron. If you guys haven't seen that one, Terminator Salvation, I recommend watching it. It's really good. Don't watch the trailer first, though. Why That's the that? only one. That's the one with the, the hybrid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. That, okay. Yeah. The, the, the trailer totally spoils that reveal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're right. It does, because it they like have yeah. him hanging where they're showing the like, mm-hmm. human part, and then his yeah. torso's opened up. <sighs> Still good, though. Still good. It is. Yeah. Would have been better if they didn't put that in the trailer. They just Agreed. stole all the thunder. Agreed. Uh, all right. That brings us back around to Jack. So mine has kind of got a theme, I guess, because it's another big desert. But uh, the planet Arrakis from Dune. Okay. And funny enough, that has a lot to do with spice in that place, too. It's weird. Wasn't Star Wars uh, a ripoff of Dune, though? Was it really? Yeah, I think uh, that's been debated for years that, you know, a lot of the stuff from Dune was just kind of refashioned into Star Wars. Karan, you were nodding your head. You've heard this. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's, like, I think Lucas is a fan of Dune, and there was, like, this speculation, like, when they were creating it. Although Ralph McQuarrie's work, it's very similar to the the chapters within the Dune book. Hmm. So there's, there's, there's a lot of speculation. It's never been confirmed, but it's, like, it's yeah. a, very yeah. much, very close, a blatant ripoff of the book. Yeah. George would never come out and say, "Oh yeah." Well, fuck no, a little bit. Wouldn't that he know someone a paycheck? No, it's 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 nothing to do with it's nothing to do with mm. Dune. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the movie you're looking for. <laughs> he could technically I mean, say it now without any repercussion, couldn't he? Yeah, he doesn't mm. own it anymore. True. Yeah. I mean, Disney. there's a lot of reference from Kurosawa films, so I mean, but yeah, he openly says that he you know ripped from those. Yeah. When it comes to the Jedi, so. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is true. He's just got to confirm it now. Let's give it a little bit more time. Have you watched the new, the newest one with uh, uh, Zendaya or whatever the fuck her name is? I have, yeah. And it's I good. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the biggest part of it was the scale, and they nailed that one all over the place. Yeah. Just how big everything was, and that. And Jason Momoa was all right. He was better than I thought it would be. Oh, so then we already know the Hardenbrook household has seen the film. <laughs> I have not seen it yet. No, my, my wife got the Blu-ray. She's like, here, I got this for you. I'm like, no, that is not for me. <laughs> no, it's that not. Is absolutely not for me. <sighs> How's the pacing in the new one, Jack? Because all I remember of the original movie is I could not stay awake through it. Uh, it's nothing like the first one. There's not okay, a lot good. of the, the self talking to himself and stuff. Okay. It, it More action focused. Yeah, but they also cut it into two. I think it's going to be two pieces. So the first half of the movie is just up to where, oh, what's his name, meets the Fremen. And then, okay. yeah, so you get a lot more of what the hell's going on. Yeah. I might actually have to watch that now. Randy comes home from work and finds his wife watching it alone, stumbling for the remote control. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I was just watching Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> uh Okay. All right. Uh, around the, uh, back around to Koran. Westboro from the Scream films. Oh, Why the man. fuck would you want to stay there? Yeah. You've got to kill her every year. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Not a, yeah. I wouldn't be staying there. But, you know, every year, I think the residents would have to be like, surely it's not going to happen again. <laughs> and then it happens <laughs> if, again. The, well, maybe after the first time, you would probably think that. Maybe two times, but yeah. what are they, going on six? Yeah, but it's not always the same people, except for Courtney Cox. I think she's always there, and David Arquette. But the other people are always seemingly new people, right? Who haven't learned mm. the same lesson that the people in the first films did. Yeah, but. and they they sell that same costume year in year out. Like <laughs> ban the costume, like seriously ban the costume. This is like oh. alarm bells ringing every time we get the second one, the third one. How many are like number seven? Like seriously, yeah. like ban the costume, like so that you don't have this <laughs> continual problem. And why the fuck are you all still living there? Get out. one one's getting fake calls constantly. There's that guy in the ghost costume who's going to go kill somebody. Oh, no, no. That's like, just if I get one costume. more of these calls, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. And a lot, and a lot of incest I've, I've noticed in those films. Like, Is that right? I'm definitely moving. Yeah. The link between like 
Sid's character with this character and that character. And it's like my mother slept with that. It's just like, oh, come on, seriously. <laughs> get out of town. Leave. That's that's the point of the uh, killer to get rid of all the uh, web-toed hybrids that are living in town. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. There's a neighborhood right outside of ours. Go see with somebody else. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I quit watching those probably around the third one. I think that was yeah. the last one I saw. Was that the one that was had uh, Jackie from Roseanne as the killer? I think so, yeah. It was the film when I was doing the, the film. Yes. In, in, doing, being very meta and all, but doing the film. More yeah. meta than usual for Wes. Um, yeah, yeah, that was when uh, she was in it. And it was also um, Sabretooth from the Wolverine film. Oh, oh Lee, Lee Schreiber? Yeah. Who was yeah, it? Yeah, he was in it as well. Somebody told me, jumping off topic, that he was going to, or at least in talks about replacing Ray Stevenson as uh, Bale in uh, the Ahsoka series. I think that's a fan oh. thing, but yeah, people He'd have be like good at it. If put his face on him, and it, it it looks like the same guy pretty much. But that dude was so good. Ray Stevenson was the shit, and what a great character! Yeah. What a last little, um, nice little gem to leave us with. How unfortunate we won't ever see that play out, but they might but, pick me. That's what I was just thinking. I was thinking, man, what about Jack? <laughs> the silence is deafening. <laughs> I know. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Randy. Uh, so just coming off the heels of Halloween, I was kind of doing a little binging of uh, Supernatural, uh, the TV series. Oh, wow. and I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, there was uh, about the middle of the series, they introduced the concept of purgatory, uh, where Dean is trapped and it's basically just like this endless woods of all the souls of all the, uh, the creatures that they had killed, like all the vampires, werewolves, all that stuff. And uh, you just see him just constantly running through the freaking woods, fighting off anything and everything he can. And uh, yeah, that's not really a place you're going to be able to take five in. I'm glad you picked there because I, I believe they were in Ohio a lot. And that's where I thought you were going. Yeah, I thought they were actually, weren't they? They were based in Ohio, I thought, or at least originally. I don't know where the series took them, but like we we watched the first few seasons. It's it just got too convoluted, and then we were like, all right, we're checking out on this. But yeah, they were in, in Ohio quite a bit. That's where I thought you were going with the, the topic. I I don't remember that. Maybe that yeah, first you could season right. was pretty awesome. Hmm. But it was it was uh -huh. it was like being uh, led down a path with a carrot on a string. You know, it's like. You kept waiting and waiting for the payoff. And they're like, well, we can't get this payoff until we investigate this other thing. And that's going to take a whole other season to do. And I'm like, fuck, man. Where's when are mom? they going to find their dad? Yeah. Well, <laughs> after about after about the fifth season, like once they introduce like the angels and it just becomes like heaven and hell, like all the, like the backseat, like monster shit or all the back, the monster stuff just took a backseat. Like yeah. the first season was so cool because they were interacting like, checking out like all like the urban myths and stuff like that. And then it just mm. aggressively cast shifted over the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. He was a cool character, but yeah, that's all. It, it just revolved around him. Most of the time it seemed like. Yeah. Did, did you guys watch uh, all what, like 47 seasons or whatever? How many seasons were there? <laughs> I want to say there's like 17 or 18, but yeah. Jesus I, Christ. Holy I didn't watch them all. I was kind of present around what was going on. So I, I loosely knew what was happening. I didn't sit and watch all of it though. Well, I didn't, I didn't like binge at all. Like I, I had started watching it like from like the first or second season on. So. And those were like I hour just, episodes too, weren't they? Oh yeah. Yeah. And there was like, I want to say like 20 episodes to a season. Like it was pretty. Yeah. That's back when there's thousands of episodes per season. Yeah. And you had like 50 of them. It's, and then they what yeah. came back with the uh, the the show about the parents? Yeah, the Winchesters, and yeah. I think that got canceled after a season or two. I, yeah, I hadn't I actually got into that. Why. One. I didn't yeah. even realize that was a uh, spinoff. I didn't know that. Yeah, mm -hmm. probably still not going to watch it. <laughs> Just being honest. Just being honest. It's got some fun. It's got some fun moments. Um, let me see here. I guess my. I've got two last picks, but one of them is very predictable and doesn't even need explanation. So I'll just say the name of it, and then we can all have a chuckle and move on. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It, it qualifies. But other than that, um, I think the movies uh, The Martian and Total Recall have shown us how harsh a terrain Mars would be. 
Yeah. Going back to Jurassic Park, Jeremy, which island, though, would you rather be stuck on? There is one of them I would pick over the other. I mean, they're both infested, <laughs> and that's, that's well, that's enough. <laughs> I would choose the one with the little ball carts, because my hope would be that I either got kicked or something like that and sped away quickly or... So you're thinking you're going to show up on this island that's been deserted and left to the dinosaurs and you're going to find working ball cart (laughs) trams things working? I mean, you're you're going to be making the same mistake everyone else did, like going there and being like, I'm the one that can make this happen. (laughs) As long as I can hold my hands out like this in different directions, (laughs) I'll be totally totally safe. Chris Pratt did discover an Easter egg when it came to wrangling dinosaurs, didn't he? Whoa, whoa, girl, whoa. Oh my god, that last one was so fucking stupid. Makes me mad. How do you shit the bed so bad? locusts. (sighs) But the same thing, you know, like, okay, when Chris Pratt holds his hand out to stop a raptor, it's it's still bullshit, but I can roll with it because these are the raptors he trained. But when he's at some facility where all these people have been capturing dinosaurs and then selling them on the black market, dinosaurs he's never seen before, that are like three times taller than a raptor. And it, that, that trick works with them too. I'm like, come on, get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Well, I believe he learned that trick because as a kid, he watched a lot of that movie, How to Train Your Dragon. And that's exactly how Hiccup <laughs> t- tamed Toothless, putting his hand out to his face. And then they were friends. And then that's how the, all the all the Vikings became friends with dragons from that same thing. If I ever find myself face-to-face with a Komodo dragon, I know what to do now. Well, well, that's, yeah, that's it. Better than oh, trying oh. to chuck a, better than oh. try to chuck a Pokeball at it. Well, that'll be the second <laughs> thing. I, that'll, that's what I'll do after the hand thing doesn't work. If I'm still standing. <laughs> Jeremy was attacked by a Komodo dragon. I wonder what got him. The hand or the Pokeball? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it would be a sucky way to go, but if you were reading an obituary, that'd be a cool thing for people to read. He was finally slain by a Komodo dragon. Fuck yeah. After a failed attempt of catching it with a Pokeball. It's better than better than reading Jeremy Colley died trying to force a shit out on the toilet or he went into heart attack or something, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. I'll take the dragon death anyway. Where were we? <laughs> Jurassic it. Park. And you started yeah. talking about Mars. Yeah, I was talking about <laughs> Mars, though that doesn't need a lot of explanation. Other than um, in the movie Martian, just every waking second of that film, him trying to survive was just so stressful to watch. I don't know if it translated the same way for you guys, but I remember like when he first built his shelter and then like was able to fill it with oxygen and, you know, be able to take his helmet off and breathe. There was a Something happened where like a single screw or something came loose and the vacuum just immediately like sucked the place dry and everything went flying out and could have easily killed him. Like the nerves, man. I just, but see, I wouldn't have had that, that tenacious side to me either. That's like, I'm going to survive. I probably just would have looked around, shrugged, yeah, better get to dying. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not not getting out of this. (laughs) I related to that movie just like failed home improvement attempts and stuff or what doing something and then all of a sudden you know you have to figure out oh great this is happened like this now i can't fix this so now what am i gonna do plumbing jack totally plumbing yeah 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 i think it's all going fine then one little leak becomes a gush (laughs) we're still talking about the plumbing we are (laughs) all right well those are (laughs) those are all my picks i don't know if you guys have any more i'm good okay (laughs) once again the silence is deafening okay (laughs) well we're going to jump to a quick commercial break and when we come back we're going to be talking with Kiran about the lady of the swamp stick around hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. We are back from commercial and once again joined by Kiran Jack. Kiran, thank you so much for being here, man. Hope you're having a good time. Oh, it's always a blast coming on the show, guys. Thanks for having me back. Anytime, man. And, uh, you know, again, so far this episode has proved to be just as fun as the other. There's a lot of good laughs thus far. <laughs> but, um, you know, before we get to talking about uh, the Kickstarter for The Lady of the Swamp, can you mm-hmm. reintroduce yourself to some of the listeners who may not have heard you on the show the first few times, like who you are and uh, some of the stuff you've done? Yeah, um, so I'm Kieran Jack, obviously, as we've spoken about. I'm from Australia. I've been creating comics for the last eight years independently. Uh, I've produced over 18 uh, books to date and um, I've been able to leverage that to create my own little um, production company here in Australia that we stock our books in comic stores. We do the conventions locally. Um, We've started reaching out overseas and stocking our books at comic book stores there and hopefully um, in the next couple of years we'll be transitioning overseas and doing shows over in America and England and as many other places we can get into. That would be awesome. Please let us know if you come to America. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's on the cards. (sighs) On the cards. Columbus, Columbus, come to Columbus. Columbus, Yeah. Yes, yes. No one likes Ohio or LA and New York. (laughs) Yeah. They're often looked over. Apparently, purgatory's around here. So come on, you know, it's fun time. Perfect. We can show you some shit they can't. (laughs) Well, I've got a book called In Purgatory, so it fits in perfectly. See, there you go. All right, man. Well, let's talk about this Kickstarter. Uh, First, let's just hear about the book, a little bit about the book. What's it about? Uh, Lady of the Swamp is a, like you just mentioned at the start of it, it's a supernatural horror story. Uh, it's based in Australia, in Gippsland. So last episode I was on, we were talking about um, places that we know of that have uh, historic horror or supernatural yes. elements to it. So strange enough, that's kind of where this is sprung from. <clears throat> there's, a, there's a story in Gippsland about a homeowner and she owned a town called Homestead in Australia, and um, she disappeared. And it used to flood around that area. They've never found the, the never found her body. So, the idea was to create a horror story around her disappearance and the, the supernatural elements um, that they talk about now in our our time. Um, the house is apparently haunted. Um, it's it's got a real big history behind it, like dating back to the 1800s from when it was first created, and. Yeah, I was just like I saw that, and I was like, "There's, a, there's a, there's a story there that I'd like to tell." Um, not about, not generally about the the person who owns it, but around what the um, the supernatural elements are, and you know, the disappearance and all that. So I kind of started world building from there, and kind of looking at what we could kind of create a story from. So, what are the actual uh, supernatural elements that you know people claim to have seen or experienced in real life? Mm. Um, they've claimed to have seen the the owner, which was. Um, Margaret Clement, she was uh, she was the owner of the property, and they've claimed they've seen her spirit walking around the house. Um, there's there's claims of her outside of the house. They don't again. They've never found the body, so they don't know if or where where she is. Um, there's a rumor that she drifted out to sea because when it when it um, used to rain heavily in Gippsland, it, it floods the area and it actually drifts out to sea. So it could be she may not be around the area. So it's 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 a real mystery. Um, and so that was the kind of supernatural elements that I brought into it from what I know and what I've heard and what I've read as well. So and is the uh, the character in your story is is it named directly mm-hmm. after the actual woman, or did you make a new character? Just just out of respect, I've changed the names yeah. um, because there's a still there's an, it's an unsolved mystery, and it's you know if there's any relatives, it's probably a bit insensitive, I guess, to yeah. kind of to to rip upon that. Um, I was definitely changed you names. pretty hard yeah. if you said yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've changed it without being on. It's on, it's on the nose. You you read it, and you're like, well, yeah, that you know, it's on the nose. The name mm-hmm. hasn't directly used it, so yeah. <laughs> um, and legal reasons, I just don't want to be sued. Um, of course, but the reason. 
I don't think any of us want um, that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of just, I've just changed a few names here and there and it, it's definitely not tit for tat for legal reasons. Sure. Is there a, um, I don't know what it's like in Australia. Is there a big supernatural like following or people really into that kind of stuff or no? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, there's an old jail here called the Pentridge um, Prison in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stories, of, there's a lot of ghost stories and you can actually stay there and experience what it, what it's like to stay in a prison. And I reckon when you come out of it, you, you kind of, change because of the, the horror elements that went on in the prison but also they reckon a lot of spirits and they reckon they're seeing spirits within the jail so there's there's that kind of following here in australia um a lot of asylums that people would go and stay at now that a lot of asylums have shut here in australia and they've been reopened as like holiday houses that you can go and visit and stay in and yeah there's kind of there's like a whole other industry in itself so yeah there's there's an industry here that people do kind of thrive off that stuff I'd be pissed if I got a Verbo and it was at a haunted uh, anything. I got to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) That would not make me happy. But uh, so with this series, what are you, what's your plan for it? Are you looking at a mini series? Is this ongoing? So it's a, it's a graphic novel that I've written as a one-off. So it'll be 96 pages, um, a completed story. Um, I don't really have any ambitions to kind of turn this into a, a series at all my my background in horror i've always loved watching horror movies so before comics it was always horror movies and that's my favorite genre so it was like well, let's dip my toes into horror and i wanted to do something that wasn't continuous because we've already got like um short run series that we've had success with but i wanted to try and just do a graphic novel one-off um and see how it goes and the lead up to the campaign has been really well received and i think Leaving it at that is probably enough, telling a full story and kind of just walking away from it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bit different for me to do that. And I thought, why not have a challenge of writing a complete story rather than an ongoing series? But if, if there was a demand enough, are there are there loopholes or anything that you've left in there to where you could continue mm-hmm. the story? Thinking about it right now, yeah, there could be. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's for me. I have been approached to do more recently and I'm just not sure if that's where I want to go. Um, but we'll see what the future presents. Sure. Well, you could always go like full like Tales of the Crypt or Creep Show and just make like a anthology type. Mm. There's an idea. Mm, yeah. Well, it's funny enough, Gippsland around that area has got a lot of horror stories and myth mythological stories. So the great thing about that is that there's other things that I'd other stories I'd like to tell in that area. So possibly maybe it all links up. I don't know. I I don't know. I think the world maybe is a bit over the whole connection between like world building and uh, universes. And I don't know if it's something that they really want to see within the horror genre. I wasn't necessarily thinking that. I just, are you familiar with like Tales of the Crypt or Creep Show? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing? Okay. Yeah. Like how it's each, each individual thing is kind of like one off uh, stories, like the Twilight yeah. Zone yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Maybe something like that would probably be a bit more fitting for what the stories I want to tell. And if I was to progress down that front, I'm having a blast writing horror. Like it's a complete different world for me. Um, sure. Writing it in a comic book is just like, in a movie, you build the tension by you know your jump scares and your 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 kills. But in a in a in a story like a comic book, you've got to really build that tension. And so mm-hmm. that's the biggest challenge about approaching this book was going into and going. I can't just do a kill because people are reading the pages; they're not going to get a shock by it like on a film when the 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 killer jumps out of the screen and stabs someone. It's right. I have to build that that tension up to the point. So that was a really um, big hurdle to get over, which was great for my my writing skills to be able to kind of build that something I'd never done before. So yeah, it was it was really it was really difficult to say the least, but it was really entertaining nonetheless. Sounds cool as shit. I'm excited to see it. So for people who are backing this Kickstarter, what kind of rewards can we expect for backers? Yeah, we've got a few rewards on off this one. Um, so you can get the digital copy of the book. You can grab the physical copy. And we've got some variant covers for that. Uh, one of them is one that I've produced. Um, and then I've got the illustrator because I'm not illustrating this book. I've just written it. I've got my good friend, Logan French, who is illustrating it. He's done Amphibian Noir, which is his series. 
Um, but he's jumped on board for this and he's illustrating the 96 pages. <laughs> so I've got him working away at those at the moment, you know, getting the whip going. Come on, let's get moving. Let's get it done. Uh, getting paid for this. Hurry up. Um, so we've got a, we've got a deadline. <laughs> Remember who's in charge. Um, yeah, exactly. I feel like a real boss in this one. Um, <laughs> not the good kind. Um, but it's um, there's those we've got. We have got plans to kind of extend out the um, the range of books that we have. We are releasing for that with variant covers and different things. We've got um, Marco. I'm going to hopefully I don't stuff up his name. Um, Fontanelli, who is a comic book artist who's done. Um, Horrors of the Pentagram with Scout Comics. He's jumped on board and given us a, uh, a foil variant cover, which looks oh, gorgeous. Cool. Yeah, so we're doing a holographic foil cover for it. So that's a that's a bit more of a premium one that we're doing. And then we've got um, the enamel pin, which glows in the dark. We've done a little special glow on the dark enamel pin. Um, we've got uh, featured cameos, so you can have yourself drawn in our milk bar scenes. We've got a milk bar here in Australia that you know we all go to and get our candy and our fish and chips. So we're doing a bit of a homage to that from the 90s because it's set in the 90s. And you can have yourself drawn into that um, that's, that spread oh, that's page so we're cool. setting up. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? We've got some – you can get some original art from myself and Logan, from concept art to cover art. And then we've got the final – big tier reward is you can have your own cover created so you can work with logan and myself and we will illustrate your cover of your choice so you could be featured in the cover and you'll receive 10 copies of that that book so you can either sell them or keep them or whatever you want to do so something a little bit different yeah that's a very generous uh kickstarter right there yeah there's a lot there's a lot going on which I'm going to probably kick myself when the campaign's finished about all the organizing (laughs) i've got to do what the fuck was i thinking just beside exactly this, that. like every Kickstarter you do always has the most badass freaking rewards, man. I love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we, yeah. I'm a collector myself, so I enjoy this kind of <laughs> shit. So, and, and as for the stretch goals, I mean, the stretch goals we've organized is like, again, I'm trying to push the boundaries. So we're going to do, um, I don't know if you guys had the day bill posters from the cinemas. They used to fold up into like an A4, a, a square piece of paper. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we've got those. We're, we're actually making um, a similar style to scanners, the scanners day bill. We're going to do that in the Lady of Swamp theme. Um, we've got fridge magnets, uh, oh, stickers. Nice. So, I mean, if we hit those stretch goals, like everyone's getting this stuff for free. But it's like doing it all. It's like I'm the, I'm the collector. So I'm like, oh, that'd be really cool if we do this and this <laughs> and this. And I'm thinking, shit, I've got to organize all this stuff now. <laughs> That's the best part about getting Kickstarters. You get a book that you've been waiting for. Mm. And it's like, yes, I got a book and all this other stuff too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it's funny because I've done a VHS um, cover for the actual, for my book, oh, my cover. Yeah. So that's going to be one of the, um, the variant covers that you can pledge towards. But if we reach a certain stretch goal, I've actually organized it, that it will be a cover slip and you take the slip off and it's a VHS um package underneath so it looks like a vhs cassette um but also with that we're going to do a glow in the dark it's going to be glow in the dark as well so they're going all out with the stretch goals (laughs) that's 80s flair if i've ever heard of it man oh yeah yeah man yeah i mean i was i was when i was growing up um you know 10 to 12 i started really diving into watching horror movies and the video store i was allowed to go to in our local town they would let me rent these movies and I was a 10 year old, but they knew me by name. So I was like, yeah, he's not a youth. And I'm renting like again. Evil Dead and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm renting all these horror movies as a 10 and 12 year old, like MA and R rated over here. It's like, it's, it's where, it's where I really found my love for cinema. So it's kind of like coming back around and like the shit that I seen as a kid, I'm like, I want to see that on, on the comic book covers and in the pages and, which is great because Logan is a horror fan himself. So he's he's read the script and he's seen the influences from where I've come from. And he's like, yeah, I can I totally see what you're doing there. And he's giving me back the pages on a daily basis. And it's just incredible seeing his work come to life. Logan, how did you guys come to meet each other? Have you known each other for years or did you like seek him out for this project? No, we've not, I've known him for, um, I reckon, about six years. We've been doing the convention circuit in Melbourne, and um, we met through a mutual friend, and kind of he had he was doing zine comics only, 
and I pitched the idea. I said, I saw one of his books, which was called um, Tofu, Tofu Man. And I said, look, would you be interested in turning it into a comic book? And he's like, oh, this is kind of a personal project. I don't really want to. And I said, well, what have you got something else? And he pitched me Amphibian Noir, which is about three assassin frogs that are terrible at their job. And it's very um, very Blade Runner-ish in the setting they live in. And it's, it's batshit crazy. Like, it is so fucking batshit crazy. And I was like, his art style, I was like, dude, are you on acid when you're doing this, these pages? But, uh, <laughs> um, the, the colours and the way he kind of visualises the characters. And I just thought, you, you're the guy for this project. So um, probably a year ago, I started after I talked to you guys in the podcast about the story and started stewing it over and, and yeah. talked to the property owner. And then that's kind of how it all fell into place. I pitched him the idea and he was like, yeah, let's do it. That's cool, man. So, yeah. This project just sounds awesome. The cover in itself looks amazing. Uh, bravo mm. to the both of you guys. Can't wait to read it. And the, uh, the enamel pens you were just talking about, you guys, whenever you do a Kickstarter, I think you typically put enamel pens in there. Mm. And I remember the ones for uh, the talking bread looked fucking awesome yeah. so i would expect these mm. are just gonna be just as cool but uh, speaking of which how how are things with talking bread did you have to take a break from that to uh focus on this or where, where are you at with that well funnily enough we're in the early stages of developing into a cartoon okay i that's what i yeah. remember you saying but i didn't yeah. remember if you said it on yeah, or off air i didn't know if it was privy information no no look it's 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 my it's making progress and we're kind of we're in talks with an animation studio at the moment to see if they'd be interested in doing it. Um, it's, 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 it's just a, it's a long process. So right. sure. Um, sure. we're, we're, we're well and truly on the way. It's just a matter of all the final pieces falling into place and then fingers crossed it, uh, it happens. I think it will. It's a very so, clever yeah. idea and so much fun. So I can't see mm -hmm. it not catching mm -hmm. on, but. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> all of our fingers over here are crossed but i don't think we'll need fit crossed fingers i think it'll uh, stand on its own oh thanks but uh this kickstarter starts i believe started on halloween day and is ending do you mm. not have an end date how long people have yeah it's a 30-day campaign um so we're running it from the 31st of october right through to the 30th of november hey my birthday yeah. um, perfect yeah Perfect. Um, yeah, so we've got that. And then um, we've also been we've been given a government grant for this campaign as well. So the Australian government, um, we applied for it and they believe in the project. So they're giving us – so for every dollar we make, they'll, they'll match it with a dollar what? through crowdfunding. Yeah, so oh, this is how it's wow. – So through a program called Creative Australia's Match Labs, and so there's 20 recipients – all through Australia that can uh, that get this grant, and basically um, you've got to be able to get your funding, and then if you reach that funding goal, they'll match what you make. That's incredible. Um, so it is. It's it's quite a real um, pinch me is this real moment because we're going to have the backing of the Australian government, which is incredible. I mean, I wouldn't really expect the government to kind of follow the project, but to be able to get this grant is it's huge. Well, I can tell That's you, there's probably nothing like that over here in the states. What were you saying, Randy? <laughs> I was just going to ask, so will they stop? Like, if you reach your goal, will they stop that amount? Or every, like, the stretch goals and everything, will they support that amount past that? Or um, So it's what we've, what we've, um, we're, what we're pitching for. So we're trying to reach $5,000. Um, okay. So they'll match that $5,000. And then after that, we're basically, what we make is extra on top. Wow. Okay. Still, um, cool. Which, yeah. Can't beat that still, yeah. Hell no. yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, so it's a real incredible opportunity to be part of. And we had we had a two day clinic um, in Melbourne. We went there and sat with them and talked to them, and they kind of, you know, told us about things we can be doing better and things that you know might help. And yeah, it was just it was just an incredible experience. That's so cool. I can't imagine there's anything like that anywhere in the United <laughs> States that you guys are aware of. Maybe I'm missing something, but that's an incredible program. Now, Senator, I'd like to crowdfund a comic book. <laughs> and get the fuck out of my office how'd you get in here <laughs> wow that's so cool man well it seems like you're not going to have any trouble funding this one and i don't say that just to kiss your ass or for content for the show here i mean it man you've got great work and uh i think Thank i think you. the world will see that with this project is on top of your many other ones so uh best of luck to you man we'll do what we can to get the word out for you I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on the show to talk about it. Like it's, it's really fun to talk about the project and especially on canned air. It's, it's just great to be able to talk to you guys about it.
Anytime, man. You are always welcome here. Second home oh, yeah. for you here. This or podcast home. <laughs> I, I have to be getting close to Kevin Eastman now, wouldn't I? I you're you're close. You're yeah. close. But see, he was just on like a month ago, so he's got another one over <laughs> you. You gotta you gotta hurry up, man. You gotta I recently I saw him at um, Supernova at one of our conventions here, and I was really, I was he was so busy it was hard to get near him. But I was really going to say, oh, you know, you got one couple more episodes on me with the canned air guys. <laughs> He'd be like, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, who are you? I'm like, oh, I'm no one. <laughs> then you slowly slink away, regretting having said <laughs> yeah. anything. I think he's got Kevin beat. I mean, we only get Kevin for 15 minutes or 10 minutes. And That's true. We don't get yeah. Kevin for very long when we do have true, him. So, yeah. yeah, you've been on the show a lot longer than he has. But so I got more minutes than he has. Yeah. Oh, yes. No yes. Doubt. yes. More mileage. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so if you see him again, let him know that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I will. Right. I've been on camera sure longer are. than you. I have no doubt he'll be impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh Karan, man thank you again so much for being here you're always welcome man guys thank you so much jack what do we have on the website sir go to candairpodcast.com where you can listen like follow subscribe buy some merch become a patron see some videos and if you'd like to be a guest on our show to promote your work send us an email on our contacts page there we got it and don't forget to find us on twitter at candairpod on instagram at can underscore air and on TikTok at Candare Podcast. And once again, at candarepodcast.com. Like Jack was just saying, a few different ways you can support us. The merch tab and the Patreon tab. Uh, two ways for you to give us some of your hard-earned cash and get something in return. And uh, Randy, what else am I forgetting? Shout out to Evergreen Podcasts, uh, the network we are so proud to be a part of. And no matter how you're listening to your Candare experience, any little like, rating, whatever, we... we He's so happy. <laughs> yeah. And it's not and, just uh, us stroking ourselves. It, it really gets us more exposure the more of those kind of comments we get. So, yes, please. And you know what? If you have an idea for the show, send us an email. Like, we love hearing from all our listeners, whether or not you're a Patreon. And uh, don't forget to come see your boys at the Tour Gaming Expo, November uh, 11th and 12th at the Ohio State Fairgrounds. What is that? The Wexner Building? Yeah. What, what was that? What were you holding your hand up for? Look at Jack. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's playing with his background. <laughs> Boy, we lost his attention that quick. <laughs> anyway. Yes, me... yes. The, the fairgrounds. We'll see you there. Torgs. Yes, Torg. November uh, 11th and 12th. Come see us. Uh, get some retro gaming on. And uh, again, see your boys at Candare. We want to meet you guys. And we've got, we got toys and presents for you. I shouldn't say toys and presents. We got something for you. If you come up and... Let it be known that, you know, you heard on this episode to come out, say hi, and we give you something. We got something for you. So, yeah, again, come on out. And I think that's going to do it for this episode. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm Kieran Jack. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. you come over here and spray paint your name on the wall but i don't wanna what are you chicken hold on there boys wow it's flint instead of writing your name write candarepodcast.com and help spread the word well that's a great idea now we know and knowing is half the battle gi joe He's lost. <laughs> <laughs>
and I didn't even get to uh. enjoy it because I'm sitting here having to talk the role, and everyone's laughing and having a fucking hoot and a holler. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Uh. Turn around and do that again with your hands because that was kind of convincing, actually. Whoa, whoa, girls. Hey, easy blue, easy blue. You're pink. Call me pink. <laughs> Be more like blue. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, dear. Oh, my God. This has been a Canned Air production. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.